when? When's the right time to set goals? Well, there's that phrase that's saying the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Uh, the second best time is today. <laughs> so do it today. You might say, oh, well, I'm going to wait until New Year's. Right Then I'll set my goal. No, do it now. You can reset them then if you want. Start now, right now. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr., today bringing you a solo episode. We're going to be talking about goal setting. You're like, oh man, like goal setting, like every like personal, professional development, life coach, executive coach, performance coach guy on the planet is talking about this. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you a system and a process that actually really works in the real world. And so many people think about this. They have kind of goals that they set and they have a little bit of a process, but it's my job. Like I do this for a living. So I'm going to give you a process that works amazingly for clients. And, you know, they say after doing this, after following this process, they say things like this. They say, I've seen and felt more personal change in myself in the past 10 weeks than any other period in my life. That was from a client of mine, John Lyons. Another one, Eric Albright, he said, I can honestly say it has totally changed the direction of my life. I would pay double what I did to be where I'm at today. These are just some of the things that they say after working with me. This is the goal setting process that I take them through. I'm going to walk you through step by step and answer all of the questions you have, give you a concrete, clear framework so you can start saying things like this as well. And of course, if you want to work with me, you can pay me to do that as well. And uh, you can always just go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply if you want me to walk you through how I actually do some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today. But let's just dive right into it. I really don't want to give you a whole lot of fluff here. Why is goal setting important? Well, imagine if Nick Saban, he's the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide football team, if you don't know, imagine if he didn't have a goal. Imagine if he just showed up at work every day and he did his job and he went home. It sounds kind of silly, right? We know that his goal is to win the national championship. We know that world-class performers, whether it's in sports or business, entertainment, you name it, we know they have goals. We know that they provide a clarity of action for you, as well as motivation for you to consistently do the hard things required to achieve world-class status. And you might be saying, well, I have goals, but I can't find my that discipline to be consistent. I can't stay focused. Or you know, I, I sometimes actually just forget what my goals are, and I just kind of drift off target. We're solving all of that today, so don't even sweat it. So if all these world-class performers have these crystal clear goals and a plan to achieve them, why not you? And some of the things that they do, I'll be honest, kind of ridiculous. Some of the things that world-class performers do to track their goals, to follow through on their goals, to know that they're setting their goals properly, they're beyond what most people are willing to do. And I'm going to share with you some of those things. Uh, I'm going to share with you things that fit into your life because you're, if you're anything like me, you're busy. You know, I've got a family, wife, four kids, two mortgages, my house that I live in and a rental property. I mean, there's a lot going on. So I don't have time to, you know, be you know, writing out every single one of my goals every single day and writing out all these different things and doing all these like, you know, jumping through hoops. Like I have to have a simple process for executing and following through on my goals. I'm going to give this to you, the one that works. So we know these world-class performers have these goals and these frameworks. Why not you? It's the same for you in every way. Imagine, you know, I gave you the Nick Saban example. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine you dig a hole every day. You know, you dig this deep, big hole in the ground, and it takes you like a year to dig this hole. You show up every day, you grab your shovel, you start digging. 
Then imagine that when you finally dig the hole deep enough and you're done digging the hole, you learn that you dug it in the wrong spot. <laughs> That's what you're doing. If you just show up to work every day or just show up in life every day, but you don't have like a, a clear direction to where you're going, you just wake up and, and you do your own version of digging that hole. You know, your alarm clock goes off, you wake up, you head off to work, you spend the day with your shovel in hand and you're digging and digging. Then you come home and, and you're like, man, I was busy all day. I was busy, had a shovel in my hand all day long, hundred shovel fulls an hour, and not even sure where the end of this hole is going to take me. Not even sure if it's in the right place. If you're working every day, you might as well put, start doing it in the right way, right? Might as well start doing it in the directions and, and having a target where you want to be, where you want to go. And I think at this point, I've beat you in the head with that enough. You get it. So let's go to the next segment here. And by the way, I have this all scripted out for you. I have a long blog post. If you just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action, this whole thing is going to be scripted out step-by-step, heading-by-heading in the action plan for this episode. Again, jimharshawjr.com slash action. All right, so how to set the right kinds of goals. And by the way, you might be thinking, well, I've got the, my career goals nailed, or I got my health goals nailed. You know, I'm going to train for a marathon, or I'm going to lose 20 pounds or whatever it is. What about all the other areas of your life? So this is about all the areas of your life. All right, how to set the right kinds of goals. You're thinking, okay, I've got goals, but what are the right goals for me? Like, how do I figure out what the right goals are? How do I, what's that framework? Well, first you have to start out with what's important to you. Like in my personal performance coaching, we start by identifying and crystallizing core values. Like when you discover what your core values are, you stop setting goals based on what's parked in your neighbor's driveway. Stop setting goals based on what you see on social media, you know, setting your goals based on what the mass media tells you that you should want. You actually start setting meaningful aligned goals. I look back on my life when I was wrestling, when I was competing, and I realized that my goals, my goal to be a national champion, which I never achieved. I was an all-American top eight, but I never achieved my goal. But Regardless, I achieved more than I could have otherwise. My goal to be a national champion was something that kept me in line. It was something that that was in alignment with what I wanted, with, with what Jim, not with what the you know my friends who were in fraternities it wasn't in alignment with what they wanted. It wasn't in alignment with what some of my other teammates wanted. It was in alignment with Jim wanted, and so I could do really ridiculously hard things like. I lost 22 pounds in two and a half days once. Yes, that is physically possible. Any wrestlers out there or uh, anybody who ever's been in a sport where you have to cut weight, you know, MMA, other sport, boxing, you know that that is actually possible. It's hell, but it's possible. And I did ridiculous things like that because it was in alignment with what I wanted. So you have to choose goals that are in alignment with those core values. Now, here are the different kinds of goals that you should set. Number one, relationship goals. We always start with this in my coaching program because relationship goals are more important than anything else. If your relationships aren't healthy, forget it. You're not going to be happy. I don't care how much money you have, how healthy you are, whatever it is, relationship goals come first. And listen, all of these are connected. All of these are tied together. Uh, again, in that, if you go to jimharshawjr.com slash action, you'll get access to the goals compass. I have something in there called the goals compass. It shows how all of your goals are connected. So let me give you an example of a relationship goal. I will set a date night at least once a month with my wife and plan two overnights without the kids this year. That's a relationship goal. 
Here's a, the next one. So relationships. Number two is self. There's four of these. Relationships. Number two is self. Self goals are around growth, impact, or fun. G-I-F. Growth, impact, fun. Again, all this is in the action plan. You just can listen right now. Go back and get your notes that I've taken for you on this in the action plan. But growth, impact, fun. G-I-F. Right? Growth might be like a new skill set you want to learn, a book you want to read, a course you want to take. Impact might be volunteering or philanthropy. Fun would just be things that you love to do. Like for me, it's like going camping or mountain biking. All right. So here's an example of a self goal. I will plan a weekend canoe trip with my old college buddies to take place this summer. That is a self goal. All right. Now here, next one, health goals. So we got relationships, self, health, health goals, pretty self-explanatory. It could be around health and wellness. It can also be around mental health. Like psychological health, mental health, and well-being. And so the goal could be, I will run a marathon this fall. It's a good health goal. It's an example of a health goal. All right. Next one, last one, four is work slash wealth goals. Okay. Relationships, self, health, and wealth. Wealth also means work. And this is, you know, career goals, things that you want to do in your career or get a promotion, get a raise, starting a business or saving a certain amount of money or putting a certain amount of money into your kids' college savings plans every month. And or, or over the course of, of a year or something like that. So an example would be, I will make uh, $150,000 in base plus commission salary in 2021. Or I will start a college savings account for my children and save $5,000 this year. All right. So those are the categories. Those are the categories of goals. Now, there's two different kinds of goals, right? So moving on to kind of the next section here, there are two different kinds of goals. There are process goals and outcome goals. And the best way to give you the, to explain the difference would be this. A process goal would be something like, I will work out four times a week. An outcome goal could be, I will lose 20 pounds. Both are correct. Both are fine. Both might give you, get you to the same outcome. You might lose 20 pounds by working out four times a week. Or by working out four times a week, you might lose 20 pounds. Like, they can totally be connected, but sometimes it's more relevant to set a process goal versus an outcome goal. For example, whenever I was still working at the University of Virginia, I had a process goal for my health and fitness. It was to do 300 workouts over the course of the year. 300 workouts. That was my goal. And doing that kept me in shape, kept me fit. That was just a process. I didn't have any real significant outcomes. And then I left my job and I knew always that I wanted to run a marathon. So I set a goal for a marathon. That's an outcome goal. That's a specific thing. Now there are processes that have to, to go into that. Uh, that was specifically the outcome goal. Okay, so process versus outcome. Here's another example. I will average 40 sales calls and, and 10 in-person visits per week. That's a process goal. Or you could say, I will earn $250,000 in income in 2021. That's an outcome goal. Doing the first one, doing the process might lead to that same outcome, but whichever one, you know, again, different circumstances, there can be different reasons to set us a process versus an outcome goal. Now, let's talk about SMART goals. You may have heard this acronym. If you haven't, it stands for this, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Okay, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. And on the first go-round, a lot of my clients get this wrong. They set vague goals. They're not smart goals. So for example, they might say something like, I want to improve my relationship with my wife, or I want to get fit, or I want to make more money. Good goals. That's great. It's nice that you want to do those things, but you have to make them smart goals. So let me give you some examples. 
we'll take all those three goals that I just said, and we'll make those into smart goals. All right. I want to improve my relationship with my wife. That's vague. Let's talk about specific, make it specific and measurable. Just S and M, the first two letters in the acronym. Right, here, here's how you do it. I will set a date night each month and plan two overnights this year without the kids. Boom. You just turned a vague goal into something specific that will help you improve your relationship with your wife. I want to get fit. That's a vague goal. How about I will lose 20 pounds by Christmas? Right? I will work out four times per week. That is a smart goal. Vague goal. I want to make more money. Smart goal. I will earn $250,000 in 2021. Right? These are specific. And I'm going to talk about the rest of the acronym, the attainable relevant time bound here as well. All right. So that's the S in the M in SMART goals. A, attainable. Okay. Let me give you an example of an unattainable goal. If you're a couch potato you and you set a goal of, I want to run a marathon in 30 days. Well, that's unattainable. How about I want to run a marathon in nine months? That's more attainable. Something attainable. Next one, relevant. Relevant means attached to your core values. I talked about this already earlier. You have to have core values. You have to have that clarity on what's important to you. And what I actually have my clients do is connect one of their values, one or more of their values to each of their goals. So these goals aren't dictated by just something you heard somebody else said might be a good idea or some goal that you feel like you quote unquote should have. They then become aligned goals, goals that are relevant to you not relevant to what's parked in your neighbor's driveway or what you see on social media, et cetera. All right. Last time bound T time bound or timely, depending on how you, where you see this. But uh, again, I, so I didn't make up smart goals. I'm not that smart, but I didn't make this up. If you Google it, you'll find it. Uh, I don't know who actually invented this acronym, but it's been tossed about for years. And I, I just love this. So anyway, timely means having a deadline. If your goal doesn't have a deadline, then you know, you, you'll get to it someday, maybe make a deadline. Even if it's like an arbitrary deadline, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds I don't know, by Christmas, you could say. And that's kind of an arbitrary date, but pick a date, pick a time, pick a deadline. And if your deadline's like next week, that's not a goal. That's a, maybe a habit, or that could just be like a task that you do. If your goal is like, uh, I want to set up a college fund for my child. That's not a goal. That's like something that goes on your to-do list. Okay. So you want to think six to 18 months out. Don't be thinking like a week out. If it feels like if it's a habit that you want to get into, like I want to work out four times a week. My goal is to do that next week. Well, you can start doing that next week, but set a deadline. I want to work out four times a week, every single week between now and December 31st. That's a goal. So December 31st, you look back and you go, oh, did I achieve this or did I not achieve it? No, this week I worked out three times, but I made it up and that next week I worked out five times. So on average, I worked out four times a week. That is how you make a deadline for a goal. Again, six to 18 months out, anything shorter than that, consider putting that on your to-do list. Three months out, you know, you might have maybe relevant to set a goal, but really anything, you know, that you can just accomplish in the next couple of weeks or month that's just something to put on your to-do list. All right. Now, how do you achieve the goals once they're set? Because we just did a lot, a lot of nice work. Man, if you're doing this, if you're following along, you wrote out your goals. This is so cool, man. I got these goals. Now what? Like, How do you actually achieve them? How do you follow through? And this is where most people get stuck. Most people won't even set the goals because they don't have a process to follow through on them. 
you have to have a method for following through, for breaking goals into tasks or smaller steps, and then have a system for tracking those goals. So let's talk about both of those. Let's talk about first how to break your goals into smaller steps. These smaller steps are called micro goals. So for example, uh, let's say it's January 1st and your goal is to run a marathon in September. Your micro goal for January might be buy a pair of running shoes, find a local running group, might be research marathon training plans. Those could be your three micro goals for the month of January. How specific is that? I mean, you can do, you can now put those things on your to-do list. You can actually wake up in the morning and do those things. You can't go run a marathon tomorrow morning, but you can do these things. These are the micro goals and it feels good to start accomplishing these micro goals, but you have to do this on a regular basis. I do it once a month and I coach my clients to do this once a month as well. So how do you track them? There are different ways to track them. You can track them in Excel or Google spreadsheets. You can track them on a Word doc. Uh, You can track them on paper, but you have to track them. Wherever you document them, that is then your tracking place. Okay, You can create bullet points. If it's in a spreadsheet, you can just put them in a new row. If you have it on paper, it can just be tracked right there on paper. But you have to have a place where you go every, for example, month and you track them. Success, failure, partial success, and then what do I want to accomplish in the next month? But you have to track them. If you're not tracking them, then you're not going to make progress. You're going to drift off. And I call my programs called Reveal Your Path. And I use the analogy of of staying on the path. Well, when you track your goals, you are on the path. But if you're not tracking your goals, you will drift off of the path. And you'll be wondering, why can't I stick to my goals? What's wrong with me? Maybe is it something wrong with me that I can't follow through on my goals? Something wrong with me that I can't be consistent? No, it's because you don't have the plan. You don't have the process, the framework. So have a methodology for tracking. You can use anything that I just said there. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be on paper, it can be on a spreadsheet, a Word document. It doesn't matter. But how many goals should you have? I gave you four categories. How many total goals should you have? Well, what I coach my clients to do is have no more than two per category, no less than one. So one or two per each of those categories. So that's between four and eight goals. Usually I find five to seven works best. A lot of the categories, you'll have two goals in those. Eight is kind of on the heavy side. Four is on the light side. I mean, depending on the research you read, it's somewhere between three and 10 goals and and five to seven, which I found just through experience tends to work best. Anything more than that gets a little unwieldy, hard to track, hard to follow, hard to remember. Anything less than that, you're still feeling like there's a void there, like you want to achieve something else or you're, you're not finding the balance that you want in your goals. And a lot of people ask, well, how do you achieve like multiple goals at once? How do you actually work on multiple goals at once? Well, for me, you know, I look back when I was wrestling and I really only had one major goal in my life. I had a single-minded focus, right or wrong, I had a single-minded focus on wrestling. Now, listen, I got really good grades, got a 4.0 my senior year in grad school when I was an All-American. I actually got a 4.0 that year. I mean, I was focused on the right things. I was making sure I had my studies in order so that didn't stress me out for wrestling. And I know, yeah, I wanted to do be successful there too, but I wanted to really, you know, I had a single-minded focus. Well, guess what? I tried that in the real world didn't work. Ran my life into the ground. We were broke. I had a failed business. I wasn't spending enough time with my wife or my kids. I wasn't working out anymore. It doesn't work having that single-minded focus. 
Because guess what? There's more stakeholders when you get in, out into the real world. And so that's why you have to have these multiple goals and you have to have that clarity in each of those. So you have to have multiple goals if you want to find balance. And I'm not going to go down this path too far, but there's this whole talk out there about work-life balance doesn't exist and people don't believe in work-life balance. And I get it. Um, there's this concept of work-life integration that I think people are using now. It's semantics, right? At the end of the day, your day doesn't have to balance because maybe you have to work late that day. Or maybe you're spending uh, all your, your entire week on vacation and it's all family and no work. Well, oh, I'm out of balance because I'm not spending time at work. Well, that's fine. You're going to go back to work next week. But work-life balance is about, it doesn't have to balance at the end of the day or end of the week or end of the month. It has to balance at some, some level. It's some place it has to balance. If you have to work late for a week, at some point, you have to come home or maybe take a day off to spend with your family. If you skip your workouts for a week because something comes up, you know, uh, you have a family member in the hospital, you start feeling out of balance. Well, maybe, maybe you got to wake up a little earlier the next day and just go for a run, get a little workout in. You'll feel yourself go back into balance. When I think of work-life integration, I think of like, you know, my kids sitting on my lap while I'm typing on my computer and, and typing up a blog post. <laughs> that, that, like that doesn't work for me. But anyway, whatever you call it work-life balance, work-life integration. It's about having multiple goals in your life and documenting multiple goals in your life and then tracking them. What about obstacles? Yeah, Jim, I, I set these goals, but man, but I run into these obstacles. Oh, that, welcome to the world. <laughs> welcome to the club. You listen to my episodes on my podcast, these amazing high achievers, their lives are riddled with obstacles. That's just part of it. So first of all, that helps. Just understanding that that's normal helps because when you trip over your own feet, when you screw up or you run into some outside obstacles, you go, oh yeah, this is what Jim was talking about. Oh yeah, I, I planned for this. So there's a document, a, a goal setting template actually. If you, again, you go to the action plan, download the action plan for this, jimharshajr.com slash action. There's also a goal setting template in the link that you'll receive via email from me. And that template, one of the things it asks you to do is to identify obstacles. What are the potential obstacles? You're not going to be able to identify them all. But when I work with young athletes and setting goals, it's like I, I ask them that. So what could happen this season for you? Well, I could get injured. Okay. What else could happen and go wrong? Well, I could have like a huge project at school. Could really stress me out. Okay. That's going to be an obstacle. What else? you know, I could break up with my girlfriend or my girlfriend could break up with me or boyfriend or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. These are things that could happen. These are obstacles. When you start identifying these, when those things come up or, or something else that you don't even plan for, you can't even imagine comes up, you go, oh, okay. This is that thing. We already had this conversation that these obstacles might arise. The will arise, I should say. So go back and listen to some of the episodes. Listen to my episode with Tim Ferriss. Listen to my episode with Tony Horton, P90X. I mean, these guys, they've had incredible failures and struggles and setbacks in their lives that the normal person would go, oh, I guess I'm just not good enough or not smart enough or not capable enough. No, it just means that you're on the path. All right, next. Okay, so you set all these goals. You have a plan. You create goals that are aligned with what you value. You have a tracking system and you understand that obstacles are going to be part of your path. Okay, here I go, setting off on my own, by myself. No, no. Most people get to this point, they figure they have to go it alone. They say, it's up to them. The quote, if it is to be, it is up to me, the saying goes, right? 
If it is to be, it's up to me. No, bullcrap. If it is to be, well, it's up to me to go find people to help me along the path. And maybe I can help them along their path as well. Maybe there are groups or people who are out there. If it is to be, it's up to you to go find them, to learn from them, to ask them questions, to learn from their failures. You know, If your goal is to figure out how to give a TEDx talk, then identify people who, who have done it. Ask them how they did it. Or sign up for Toastmasters and become a better public speaker. These are groups and individuals who can help you. You want to run a marathon? Go find a running partner. You can also talk to the local running expert who works at your local running shop. By the way, both of those are real world examples of how I gave a TED Talk and how I ran a marathon. These are people that I incorporated into my plan. So what are the individ- who are the individuals or groups that can help you achieve your goals? And so these are real world strategies and tactics that you can use. Now, you might have some other questions about this. You might say, okay, when? When's the right time to set goals? Well, there's that phrase that's saying the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Uh, The second best time is today. (laughs) So do it today. You might say, oh, well, I'm going to wait until New Year's, right? Then I'll set my goal. No, do it now. You can reset them then if you want. Start now, right now tomorrow, like today, like after this podcast is over, go block off an hour of your calendar, download the action plan for this and go step-by-step through this and download the goal setting template and go step-by-step and do this. You might be saying, okay, well, how do I set my goals at work? I don't really know. You know, I've got my, my boss has goals for me and I have goals. Well, figure out what the state, who the stakeholders are. Your boss has goals and metrics. Okay. What are those? The company, the organization has goals and metrics. What are those? I have goals and metrics in my own career that I want to achieve. What are those? Figure out what those are and incorporate them into your goals. If you are, maybe you're a manager or you want to work on setting goals with somebody who's either a young employee or maybe even your children, well, start small. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Kiss method. Keep it simple. Keep it winnable. Set realistic goals that are relatively easily achievable at first and keep them even shorter. You know, instead of the six to 18 months out, err on the side of the shorter, you know, three to six months out goals, right? So you can keep those a little bit shorter with a novice goal setter. All right. So now what, what next, what next is take action. Don't just let this roll into the next podcast episode, take action, figure out what's next for you and take action. And what's next is sitting down and, and putting this into practice for yourself. You know, you can download the action plan again, jimharshawjr.com slash action, or you can sign up for a free coaching call with me. I offer these on a limited basis, one time limited basis. If you want to grab a, a 30 minute time slot on my calendar, go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply, and we can set up a time for us to have a conversation. Now I know that there's somebody out there in your world who needs to hear this. Who do you know that needs to hear this message. Think about that person, whoever it is, send them the link or tell them or text them the link or send it on Facebook message or whatever it is. Say, hey, you've got to check out this episode, jimharshowjr.com slash 269. Episode 269 of the Success Through Failure podcast. If you got a lot of value out of this, give it a tweet, give it a like, give it a comment on Facebook or whatever platform you see me on whenever you like something or make a comment on something. It helps that platform say, oh, this must be relevant. I'm going to show this to more people. So that really helps. Also a rating and review on iTunes. That is super helpful as well. That's it for me. As always, 
take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 